Hello everyone, welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. This is your host, Speedy, and with me today are my two co-hosts, Colton and Blake. Konbawa. Howdy. So, last week, it's been a, it's been a minute, it's been a hot while, but last what? time, I should say, we did part two of the Fire Force review, and unfortunately we did not quite finish it. We still have a few arcs left. So we will be definitely finishing it this episode. And it starts with the Asakusa arc, where they meet with the seventh company and meet the captain, Betty Maru. So, yeah, man's my favorite yeah, character. Yeah, man's Benny. And ignore any ch- children you hear in the background of my recording. Oh, they're just mini speedies. True. Well, there's only one right now, but dude. Uh, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it kind of like they were, like, uh, Obi and Shinra and them, they were kind of, like, discussing, um, setting up, like, an appointment to go talk to him or something, and, like, they're like, wait a minute, the 7th is, like, Pretty not much. a They were, the normal way to meet a company is you have to, like, f- like request a meeting and stuff like that, but Benny Mario yep. hates all that formality and stuff. He just does what yep. he wants, so Obi was just like, alright, we're just gonna go over there. And by this point, they basically have already watched the captain himself just take out an infernal on his own in the town. Yeah, they, they meet the him, and immediately as soon as they meet him, the infernal shows up, and Benny Mara goes to take care of it. Amazingly. Yeah. With destroying everything that's around it. Destroy <laughs> some houses, and yeah. no one cares. No lady's flower shop down the street. Everyone's uh, just like, yeah, get him, Benny Mario. Um, but the way, yeah. the way that, um, Benny Maru uh, kills the Infernals is very different from the way that every other company does it. Because every other company like says a prayer. They have to pray first. And they can um, essentially exercise the Infernal and put it to rest. But Benny Maru is just like, hey, what are you doing? Because... Everyone in Asakusa is familiar with pretty much everyone. It's a small village, and Benny Maru protects them, and everyone loves Benny Maru. So, the Infernal is someone he knew. Uh, Kontaro is his name. Anyway, he's just like, what are you doing, man? And then he's just like... Alright. Immediately kills him in one shot. And it's just like, thanks for all your hard work, and says goodbye. Kind of like you're wishing, uh, or saying goodbye to like someone who's died, an old friend that's leaving. So it's yeah. like, it's it's rather than like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, just like your basic, you know, religious prayer, or whatever. It's like more like uh, personal. Yeah. You know? But he actually he knows you. He like knew that guy. He was that dude, I believe, was asking him to get drinks later or whatever. Um, and you could tell like when the, the like he they told him who it was. He was like, oh man, he was just like I'm pretty sure Benny said something about him. He just asked me to get drinks or something like that. Or he was just making a ruckus or something silly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I like I really like how like close Benny is with like the townspeople and like how the townspeople like realize the fact that Baymaru is literally like the most gangster dude. <laughs> yeah. And when he 
after he um, stops the infernal, there's an old lady, and I like how this describes the way uh, the seventh company, but specifically Benny Mara, does it. And it's just like the church of the holy soul has its prayers. Destruction of the village is also a kind of offering. Everyone in the world fears that they could turn into a flame human at any time. So that's why people gather here, with the hope that if they have to die, it will be at the hands of the destroyer of Asakusa, Shinmon Benimaru. That's so gangster, dude. Goosebumps. I love I love it. Favorite character. I'm caught up in the manga, and he's still my favorite character. Anyway, so he stops the Infernal and um, just goes back to his house and starts snacking. As if it's just a normal day so after that um, because of all the damage that Benny Mero caused there they have to restore and fix everything um, Which, there are fireworks going on in the background so it's almost like a festival at some place you know it kind of does seem like a festival yeah but uh, the 8th brigade is actually helping out um, fixing everything and stuff. Yeah, it, it was kind of cool. Like, everybody's abilities, they were like Arthur's welding. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, Obi was just like picking everything up. Like, Shinra was flying stuff up and down. Like, it was so cool to see everybody just doing their own thing. Um, and then uh, Benny, like, kind of realizing that, like, hey, maybe the Ace's not like as bad. They're not like everybody else. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, the white clouds will be coming. Yes, yes, um, So, at this point, um, we know that there's some sort of relationship between Conroe and Bedimaro. Uh, Bedimaro states that Conroe should have been the commander. But Conroe's just like, nah, you're perfect for it. Yeah. I would like to, um, talk about these two twin girls, um... <laughs> they're weird. <laughs> yeah, no. Hikage absolutely. and Hinata. Uh, they're the way they speak is very rude and uh. Where the hell did word? I I don't I don't think it states. Um, but they show up and like half of what they say is an insult every time, but it's just like how they speak. What? I think my favorite part is the way the manga is, I don't want to say written, but the way the letters are typed makes it creepier, because they're like all different sizes, like each letter is a different size, and it's like has a weird font. <laughs> so it's like supposed to like be kind of creepy kind of thing. Anyway, that's how the manga did it, I thought it. Was interesting. They are quite creepy. Yeah, but they're also super strong. So true, they are. Um, but then uh, Shinra tells Benny Mara that uh, Captain Ovi wants to meet with him, and so Benny Mara goes over where he uh, was thought he was going to go meet Obi, and then he hears what looks like Obi and uh, Hinawa saying that they are going to turn more people into flame humans. 
And I think immediately as readers and anime watchers are just like, okay, yeah, that's not them. That's Cap. <clears throat> but Ben Mario is just like, oh, okay. I'm gonna kill them. Super Saiyan 3 instantly. So he immediately goes into a murder mode and wants to murder Obi and Hinawa. So then we get a really cool battle. Oh, we just... Um, Well, first, he says, come on, 8th Brigade. And so... I thought at least Baki might get a punch in. (laughs) On Benny Maru? No. Well, Maki, we've all seen what Maki did. Yeah, but no. Like not, one, not, not to like, Benimaru. You never know, man. He pretty he much never... takes out everyone in a matter of seconds. Literally. Like, like the no... entire 8th Brigade. He's just like, nope, bye. With not, no effort. No effort at all. And then uh, Captain Obi steps up, full on suit. And you're, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be good. Two captains. And it's just like, yeah, Obi, let's see what you can do. And yeah. he... Um, pretty much can't do anything to Benimaru. Benimaru is definitely beating him, but he doesn't stay down. He keeps going, which is more than everyone else did. But yeah. He shows and, he can take it. Uh, Obi actually headbutted Benimaru. Thank you very much. Um, busted Benimaru's forehead. So, um, That's true. He did do that once. You're right. But that- but, like, Obi's so gangster because, like, he was so dead set on the fact of proving that he was innocent. Um, he just kept getting up. Like, that's not who I am. Like, no. And, like, just wouldn't stay down, dude. And it really showed me, like, the willpower that Obi has. And then he freaking goes to do, uh, what he, I don't even remember what he does. He does some kind of, like, punch or something. And Obi, like, dodges it or I don't even know bro and like does that little headbutt to him dude and I was like oh yeah it's like uh like um, Benny Maru in blood for the first time type the, thing the way the fight went in the manga Benny Maru um like makes fire explode in Obi's face but then Obi just like moves through the fire and headbutts Benny Maru okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, okay okay but it was really cool o- Obi is a non ability user so he can't do any he's just a normal human meanwhile benny maru is both str- second oh. and third so and the strongest uh of the entire fire brigade so it was really cool and then um benny maru then proceeds to pull out uh eido handblade the ei is like unsheathing your sword E.I. Chop. Yeah. Um, seven style Nichirin. Which is Sun Wheel or something like that, I think. I don't know how they translate it, but that's what it's called. But anyway, um, before he can actually do that to Obi, Conro steps up and stops him. He actually uses his ability to uh, stop him at first. So that was his butterfly wing to see. Yeah. Um so pretty much the fight stops then. Um but at 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 this point it's kind of 
suspicious and he Benimar is becoming less suspicious of Obi and Hinawa and they're realizing something is going on. Something is afoot. Yeah. And then Conor convinces Benny to have a leadership moment and steps up and decides to let everybody in the entire village know there are imposters amongst them so beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Really? Although, before that, there is a flashback. Yes. I believe at some point around there, after all that, they got to the part where they started discussing kind of their whole mission is supposed to be, I believe. And then I think there's like a part at some point, I don't remember who it was who spoke with Conroe, but at one point he kind of goes through this whole flashback of uh, the before time, uh, when it was Tim and Benny all those years ago before the whole Fire Force thing. Yeah. And there was a demon, I believe, in Asakusa that had shown up, so like a really hyper-powered infernal, very tough to kill. And on that particular night, there happened to be a crimson moon, and I believe Conroe is a third generation, if I'm not mistaken. I yes, believe. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So he's a third generation Pyro, and Benny, him being him, was a second and third, but I think he was still kind of coming into his own at that point in time. And, uh, Unfortunately, when they were looking around, turns out the demon was closer by than they expected, at least for Conroe and Benny. And Benny wanted to help him out, and Conroe's just kind of like, no, 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 I'm going to throw you. Threw him into this uh, wooden building, and the entrance collapsed in front of him. And at that point, he was kind of too weak to fully get up and do anything about it. And went basically into the building. Building kind of sort of collapsed around him, not on him. And he was kind of just stuck there, and Conroe decide to fight the demon one-on-one -on -one. and that's where we later find out kind of how he got that scar across his uh, face around his nose and uh, yeah apparently he fought a demon and managed to put it out but uh, from the way I understand it I believe he was only able to succeed fully because the techniques he uses for his third generation abilities were <laughs> amplified by the crimson moon I believe that occurred on that night but also somehow in extinguishing the demon he developed this condition known as tephrosis that affects I don't know if it affects is it just people who are third generation yeah because it's caused by pretty much over overheating yeah when a third generation overheats that's what happens and so then they kind of it's like they can sort of kind of use small amounts of their power but anything more than that is kind of dangerous to them and their well-being overall even then like it's pretty it, it, it yeah, takes a toll for them to do even a little bit yeah so they kind of tend to have to stick with just kind of being almost essentially a non-powered individual at that point because then if they push themselves even slightly over anything even minuscule they could potentially be hazardous to them or those around them yeah and um i don't know if what order they animated that but before that um benny maru was supposed to meet with captain obi but then he like saw 
well, what looked like Captain Obi. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Sonawa, but it turns out it actually wasn't them, but they were saying how they were the ones that were causing the humans. Yeah, because I believe in the uh, anime. Yeah, in the animation, it kind of it shifts from uh, everything's going on, it's daylight outside, and then we're kind of now it's nighttime, and uh, yeah, so that's all going on, um, and suddenly everybody's accusing everybody that they're seeing these people that they all know doing these scandalous or outlandish things that are causing drama to generate within the entire village, essentially and even amongst themselves because at the time they didn't know it but there's basically a white clad around who is i believe one of their abilities was to kind of like uh create these sort of i want to say they're like uh pseudo clones of people he kind of like rearranges your body structure to look like someone else yeah um it's weird yeah, it's like, it's yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Jujutsu. Um, the one guy that rearranges your body and soul and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Forget his name. Yeah, it's kind of like... Mahito! Yeah, him, yeah, him, yeah, Mahito. Creating imposters. Yeah. Essentially, these lookalikes that do a pretty decent job of it, but then they had to do a thing to that the actual person in front of them was the real version and not this fake version of themselves. I forget how they figured that out when they finally get stuck and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Turns out everything that they're saying is true, and yada yada. Because I thought at one point it got to the point where uh, Captain Obi and Benny actually kind of had to hash it out, you know, mano a mano. And Obi kind of, I felt like, held his own, sort of, he... the best he could. I, I went back and read that chapter. Um, he didn't stay down is more what happened. Yeah. Like, he kept going after Benny Maru, and of course Benny Maru was unfazed by pretty much everything, and it was pretty much a one-sided beatdown. It's just that Obi kept kept at it longer than yep. most people would, especially had for someone without any abilities. Right, yeah. That's because Obi's a savage. But Benny Maru is OP. But anyway, so yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, attacks start happening. And the yeah, way and... Benny Maru decides this should be dealt with, because all of the villagers are basically like, hey, I saw them do that, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's confused. He's just like, all right, everyone, beat everyone else up. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, he got to the bell tower or something and yeah, made a proclamation to everyone and Conroe's like, hey man, you're technically the leader of this place now. Why don't you give them a speech to rile everybody up? And he was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And since I have it's spending money, people listen. Okay, this dude... The shit out of each other and those of you who are actually still up and alive and able to breathe... <laughs> You're the real ones, and then everywhere else. You rip this. You rip the bell tower from the frickin' foundations with those broomsticks. If I'm not mistaken, flying in the air and told these people, I'm like, dude, that is straight up. You gotta love Benny Mario. 
And yeah, so that's going on, and then all of a sudden there's all these fires that start cropping up, basically all these infernals that start showing up, and guess who, guys? It's the white clad again. Plot twist. And yeah, and I think Arrow was one of the ones that showed up in this one. Yes. Uh, Arrow, the uh, guy who does the uh, the impostery, the shapeshifty stuff, and then um, I want to say Flail. Maybe it was in there too. Him and then the guy who controls like the fog or whatever and does the illusions. Yeah. So like he can clone, make like these pseudo clones of himself that are really just like fog clones. I think we meet him to Vulcan. Okay. Okay. Then never mind. Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's at least like three different white yeah, clans. Yeah. There were three. Um, I forget the name of the one. He had those three those lines on his chin. Yeah, he basically looked kind of like, uh, like the the lines that you would see on like a cartoon character that was like a stuffed doll or Haran. something. That yes, his name is Peron. <laughs> Peron. So he he shows up, and if I remember in season two, I don't think he really had that much of a presence compared to how much they used him in this season. Well, um. This is a big, I'm pretty sure he turned himself into a demon. Yeah, he did. And then he um, fought uh, Benny Mara. Yeah. Which, yeah. at so that then, point, you know. Yeah. I'll be just saying. He's not going to see him again. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then yeah. So if we're jumping around, yeah, so you got all that going on. So the 8th, they're trying to stop all these infernals. And then there's the... Uh, white clad as well i don't remember how if anybody was able to stop arrow i know she made like a brief couple of appearances during that whole thing i just can't i swear i thought there was a someone else who became a demon or tried to also but then nothing came of it i don't know or maybe i'm thinking differently here i know well i know the i i'm going through the chapters as we go so i can keep up with my yeah. memory, um, Benny Morrow is fighting the demon one, uh, Haran, and yeah. pretty much flies him into the sky, and then yeah. while uh, he's doing that, the arrow shoots an arrow, yep. but um, Miss Sh uh, Shinro comes and blocks he, it. Yeah, or rather, he can't have a link with Conroe. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, he does have the Adola link with Conroe because he heard Conroe he, ask uh, for help from Benny Morrow. Yeah. And the yeah, Dola link uh, allowed Shinra to hear him. Yep. And then, which is a key moment, comes later on in Season 2, toward the end. Anyway. And then uh, yeah. Benny Maru proceeds to do one of the coolest moves I've ever seen in Fire Force. Absolutely. Called Akatsuki. Uh, just, it's this giant f flame circle that turns into a red moon. Yeah, and so he basically created, what was it, like an artificial crimson moon? Pretty much, yeah. Essentially. And then that basically, I would imagine, kind of like helped sort of amp him up already when he was already amped up enough. And yeah, just basically goes full force into the guy. And what I feel like, I can't remember if he used the broomsticks on the guy or if he used just one or if he just kicked the guy a bunch. The like, demon Haran dude? Uh, yeah, when Benny he was used, sending him up into the he sky. He used like five or six of them. Okay, yeah, so he used, yeah, like a bunch of different broomsticks, and all the while I'm thinking, this feels a lot like if 
not Rock Lee's, you know, uh, what the primary Lotus when he does that first kick and sends him flying. It's kind of like that or Sasuke's Lions Barrage, just sending them up into the air, blow after blow, keeps sending them higher and higher, and yeah, then creates, yeah, uses Akatsuki, creates that artificial Crimson Moon, and just. I can't remember how he finished him off. Like the last blow. By the way, it's not a broomstick. Um, it's a type of flag, but oh, okay. I just Never wanted mind. to point that out. Looks like a mop. <laughs> it kind of does, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, the other two, uh, I believe, just leave at that point. Yeah, yeah. The other two white clad, so Arrow, she's like, well, I missed. <laughs> <laughs> that and didn't the work. <laughs> Yeah, the others basically defeated the Infernals. Um, as for the other white-clad guy, I think his name was Flail, or that we learned later with the whole Vulcan thing. Uh, that was like his nickname, I think. And I can't remember who was fighting him at the time. I don't know if it was Arthur or maybe Maki. Flail. He was. Yeah. A... Well, because wait, it, it's not Flail. But yeah, oh, Flail. Okay, so it's not Flail. Flail's okay. a different dude. Flail's got a big. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, they, yeah, so they go out, and I'm pretty sure that Shinro, when he blocked that arrow, was probably the, like, craziest thing that dude was holy frick but then i thought it was kind of funny when he was up there in the air with uh benny morrow and he's like yeah i'm just gonna get the hell away from this this is about to benny morrow's like yeah you might want to get away because this is about to be big yeah yeah i, I loved it and i like that it's Kotsky. yeah especially yeah. red moon it, it's like breath. yeah uh, after that you know the two uh white clads left um Everything's over. Obi and Benny Maru traded sake cups. And essentially became um, friends. Yes, almost. Yeah, and then I think what Benny was kind of like at that point on was kind of like a training buddy of sorts for uh, Shinra and other various members of the Most, eight. Mostly Shinra and Arthur, but uh, Tamaki also went later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's later. That's probably season yeah, two, is. to be honest. It was. Um, all right, so after that's the end of Asakusa, and then um, Benny Morrow is still my favorite character. And we go into the Vulcan's Workshop arc. So, which is about the same length as Asakusa arc. Sorry, everyone, that all this is taking so long. But when we go back to the 8th company, we find that they have a new member. And it is Victor Leet, the chief of the 8th chemistry department. He's pretty much the scientist of the 8th company now. Yeah. He's a genius. And he's yep. the guy that's like been talking with Joker and stuff the entire time. Yep. I like and him. He he's interesting. Said- used to I guess technically still does work for Hijima yeah. at this point and but also so and that way you could argue he's kind of like a Hijima spy 
But at this point, everybody's kind of, even once they get this new guy into their company, they're like, yeah, no, we, we're pretty sure we already know what you are. We've got our eyes on you. We're kind of assuming we know who you are and what you're about, but we'll, whatever, we'll, we'll take the help. <laughs> and after meeting uh, him, we, or Obi says that they had someone else in mind to join, and that is Vulcan, who is an engineer. Uh, he has the title God of the Forge and Flames, which is fitting since Vulcan is the god of the Forge and Flames in uh, Roman mythology. Used to be Hephaestus in Greek. Okay. But anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, Shinra, Arthur, and Iris uh, go mm, to yes. Vulcan's workshop to try and recruit him. But then they find out that he, in fact, hates the firebook aid. And they, yeah, yeah. And Arthur and Shinra get a bunch of cans thrown at them when they get there. <coughs> yeah. Not a fan of the fire force. Definitely not a fan of Hygema. But just when they thought, you know, like, these cans hurt and how are we going to get inside? This other kid shows up. His name is Yu. And it's someone that Shinra saved uh, a couple arcs back. Yeah, wasn't he uh, his Vulcan's apprentice at yes. the time? Yes, I believe. he is yeah. Vulcan's apprentice. And then Vulcan comes out, and we meet Vulcan. And um, more, more cans get thrown at Shinra and Arthur. I think that's really funny. <laughs> Um, so and, they, yeah, so they talk him. to you and I'm sorry, what? Well, uh, I'm trying to remember there's a third person with them well, we that met they them meet. Um, the, once they get name. inside, Lisa. Once they get yeah, inside, then they meet her. But they talk to you and the, pretty much you lets them in. And then they see that this arm thing invention that's been throwing the cans and then someone else throws a can at, our, at Shinra and it's Lisa. And Shinra that's thought it. it was a machine at first. <laughs> oh, that that meeting was funny. Mm-hmm. I just did it too, though, so that's even funnier. Yeah. Um, but inside, they see Vulcan building something very quickly, and then he tries to smash it and destroy it. And pretty much, if it doesn't break, it works. So that's neat. That's an interesting way to go about building things. Mm-hmm. Yep. If it doesn't, you know, if it is bri- broke, don't fix it. Making sure it's durable. If it's going to break, then why use it? I guess yeah. this is his idea. And I guess he's like a big animal lover. He loves animals. He designs things and makes them look like animals. Yeah. Um, well, and, yeah, I think he, the outside of his workshop had like what, like a bunch of animatronic, animal-themed stuff, if I recall. Yeah. Um. But then, the captain of the third brigade shows up, Doctor Giovanni, not to be confused with Giovanni, the team rocket leader. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, Vulcan and Doctor Giovanni have a little talk. Um, Dr. Giovanni is a super shady dude and wants Vulcan to join him. 
but I don't. It's it's just really shady with Giovanni. Yeah. Vulcan says that he killed uh, his father and uncle, and that's unfortunate. They just argue most of the time, and then Giovanni eventually leaves after being rude. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty rude. One of my favorite things in this arc is the fact that Iris just presses every button she sees. Literally. Just like, what does this do? What does this do? Boop, boop. Just everything. So yeah. He's like, don't press that button. Press. What does this do? Press. Press. Like, no hesitation. Press. It's a button. She's going to press it. Um, but we find out apparently that the, and this time they say the world used to have so many different species of animals that no longer exist. Probably because of that great calamity that happened. Probably killed mo- most of the animals. If not yeah. all, because I don't think we really see animals in this. It's really just humans. Not, yeah, not really. It's, yeah. yeah. But he, he humans, maybe the occasional plant, but yeah, animals. Are... Yeah, so he is like in love with this idea that there's were so many animals, which is why he builds things that look like animals. He wants to his dream is to like restore and revive all of the animals that went extinct. Yeah, and they has like a was it like a projector that was a gift I think from his dad. Yeah, that like shows all these different uh, the different types of animals that existed before the Great Cataclysm. And it was at that moment that Shinra decided that Vulcan was perfect for the 8th Brigade. Yep. And then I know at some point, I think it was Shinra and Arthur, they wound up outside of his building, or his workshop. Who? I'm sorry. I don't remember how they got there. I thought at one point, I remember Shinra and Arthur, they wound up outside of his workshop, but Iris was still inside the workshop. And then at that point, Shinra had an Adola link, I believe, with Giovanni. Yes, that was after they talked with Vulcan and stuff. And um, yeah, it was with yeah. Giovanni. Giovanni said that it's time to kill Vulcan, and Shinra was just like, "What?" Um, but yeah, Iris is inside. Then the White Clads show up, like a whole platoon of them, and um, that's I think when Flail shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flail shows up, and then the guy who's—I don't even remember his nickname—but yeah, he shows up with the uh, fog imposter clone guys. Yes. I think Mirage. his name was Shimmer. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Mirage. I want to say it was Shimmer, but yeah, no. And then Arthur comes out with a mighty steed. Ha! Hi ho! That's right. It's just a donkey strapped to him. Yeah, there's enemies we need to fight. I need an upgrade. Okay, Uh, what do you think would help? His words. Hey, to him it's a horse, and that's gonna make him stronger. So it's fine. Yeah, he is fueled by the power of his imagination. True. The stronger the imagination, the stronger his power. Uh huh. Uh huh. Then he's pretty much fighting all of them by himself. He starts by f- getting rid of most of the mirages, which the platoon was just a bunch of mirages because it's actually just mirage and flail. Um, and then he fights flail. 
Uh, meanwhile, when that happens, Shinra gets like pathetically grabbed by Giovanni. Uh, yeah, he because at that point he went in search of Giovanni, trying to find him, get a lock on his position. Gets close, or what he thinks is close, and then yeah, gets basically immediately snatched up from like a trap or something by Giovanni. I'm like, really? That was it? Yeah. And it's a, so he's pretty much fighting Giovanni, but not very well because it's not really much of a fight, unfortunately. Yet. Giovanni pulled the old sneak. Um, and then Mirage makes a mirage of Arthur, making him see him. And he's like, this isn't a horse. This is a frickin'... His horse's name is Silver, by the way. Oh, I need to point that out. Hi-ho, Silver! But he feels, a, he feels attached, so after he gets beat and the donkey head gets destroyed, he's just like, I'm gonna I'm a avenge my horse. This one's for you, Silver. Uh, meanwhile, this is all happening because Giovanni is looking for a key. Yep, uh, the key to the Amaterasu, which is the basically this giant. Um, it's the source. Uh, it's of like energy. a giant power plant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, but it looks actually like a lot cleaner and shinier than most power plants. I do have to say. Well, you know, it's not powered, yeah, it's, powered by nuclear. Radiation. Oh, no, it's not. It's powered by something else. Um, and then we have a little flashback after we go back to Vulcan about how he views you and Lisa as his family. And it's all nice and stuff. But then he gets tasered by Lisa. Because Lisa's a bitch. Because Lisa yeah. works for Giovanni. Because she's been brainwashed yeah it's sad it made me sad i was like no it, i was very upset when that happened i was like really we liked them really um they even has red hair yeah these two these two wholesome redheads and you just couldn't let them be happy together no <laughs> and then oh, god disrupt all that yeah and then giovanni walks in to meet once more with vulcan because he wants the key. Um, yep. But Shinra was captured for a minute. But, you know, then he gets saved by Princess Hibana. That is true. So she that, goes that up and nice. uses her lotus technique. Yes. Fire flowers. So then this whole talk and conversation and threatening and all that such with Giovanni happens um apparently he's been working toward getting this key for a very long time and then it turns out that that thing that i think his father someone gave him the, the projector yeah uh, giovanni destroys it and found out that the key was in it which makes sense if it was passed down from his family little obvious, but, you know, whatever. But then as soon as he gets the key, Shinra shows up and just knees Giovanni right in his mask. Yeah. I thought that entrance was really cool. So, like, it's, what? like, two panels, pretty much. It's just, so he talks, and then one panel is 
Shinra bursting through the door with a bunch of fire behind him, and then the next panel is just him kneeing Giovanni really hard. And it was very satisfying to read. Yeah, no. The uh, animation was very uh, well done for that as well, I do have to say. Uh, Oh, man. I I did not like that guy. (laughs) Props to the voice actor who does the work for that character because i i did not like giovanni at yeah all. <laughs> he was definitely not my favorite yeah giovanni i mm-mm. and just mm, yeah um so at that point giovanni gets back up and is claims he's going to uh take shinra with him because he has the Adola link and burst and all that stuff. The evangelist. Yeah. Meanwhile, Arthur is still fighting with Mirage outside. Um, but then Hibana shows up again and realizes how to stop the Mirages from happening. I love Hibana. She's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. So she pretty much saves Arthur there. She's so strong, too. She is, yes. Well, she is, you know, a captain, commander. I know, she, but, like, she's not there for, like, show or anything. Like, she genuinely, like... And she is strong and independent. One of the, and one of the stronger captains, I would imagine, like... Because the captain for, like, uh, the doctor captain, then, like, the one old dude with the big old glasses captain... Yeah, the sixth and the fourth, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Those guys are weak. Yeah. It, like, they're not the, the, sixth, the other ones. I don't know. The sixth is one that I would probably want in my corner. Just saying. Uh, I'm well, picking. He him. is a really good doctor, so that's fair. You need a you need a medic on your you side. You need a healer. You need a healer. Healers Always. are important. Anyway. But they're not Benny Mara or you know. He's like she's super strong for and that like her soccer blast or whatever they are like those waves of leaves are so freaking strong like yeah gangsta I think she could Loki body a lot of the evangelists probably like yeah, the Knights of the Ashen Flame yeah, like uh, some of them like she could really like hold her own at least so... definitely. Not- I'm I'm looking back at this Lisa fight and it's just really interesting. Heartbreaking. Cause she she uses the uh, tentacles, you know. Oh, yep, yep. They're like magnetic. Yeah. Another world they're, arc. They're, ma- they're yeah. a flame that's like magnetic, so mm-hmm. that's really cool and is probably pretty good in Vulcan's workshop. Um, so yeah. it's Lisa and Giovanni versus Shinra, and of course, at that point, Shinra doesn't have a huge chance. No. But then Iris comes and says, another button, press. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> and then a bunch of heads just pop everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. just pu- pressing a bunch of buttons, just all the buttons she can see. I think my favorite part about it is the fact that one head came and hit Hibana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little payback for Iris. Yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, it was, uh, I really liked that. And, like, I felt bad for, I really felt for Vulcan on that, dude. Like, like, like the whole Lisa thing just breaks my heart for him. Yeah. Uh Honestly, Giovanni's kind of weak. 
too. Because, like... Soft. The reason Shinner was losing was because it was Lisa and Giovanni fighting him, and Lisa has a pretty good ability, but, like, when it's just Giovanni versus Shinra in this workshop, he's getting bodied. Oh, I have yeah. to agree. I have to agree. At some point, that, all that bodying has got to do got something. Who has got hand or feet, I guess, in this case? <laughs> um, but, like, that dude, like, Shinra can scrap, bro. And, like, all the, like... In the, if we ever do a season two thing of this, um, like, there's a part in season two where it's, like, a, a lot of, like, uh, combat building experience, I guess, um, with yeah. a certain, and it's, like, you don't expect it or whatever, and then, like, but up to that, you're, like, you know, Shinra can fight, and then, like... He's actually a very strong protagonist. You know what I'm saying? Like, because a lot of, like, you know, people that have, like, a gift like that or whatever just aren't very, like... But I think Shinra's more complete than a lot of protagonists, as in, like, we talk about, like, his street smarts and then picking up on social cues and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he's not one of the protagonists that are, like, weak at the beginning and then build up to be strong. Like, yeah, he's not. Like, yeah. Naruto they, or they Ichigo. try to make him extremely OP right away, either. He feels like a very vulnerable character, despite kinda, being yeah. very strong. It kind of reminds me of how, like, Luffy is. Yeah. Like, in the beginning of One Piece, Luffy is, like, strong. He's, like, really strong, and he wins his fights. And he doesn't really get strong for a while. Get stronger for a while. Because he's Kinda strong like... enough with the enemies that he faces at the time. And then later, he gets stronger. Whereas, like, Naruto and Ichigo pretty much started near the bottom and then built their way up. Like, Gon. Gon was just a freak child. And, uh... Like, when... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I really like the way that he fights and that he's a very good fighter. Um, and he does give Giovanni the hands, son. Unfortunately, after doing that, we see that Sho and Arrow showed up. Ha, Sho showed up, get it? Ha. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Um, and it's not like a thing where he just, like, witnesses it and then leaves or, like, rushes in and then leaves after sh saving someone. Like, which is, I expected show to pretty much just see everything and then leave but there's like yeah. this whole connection and shinra recognizes that shows his brother which confuses show because he's like uh who what? are you what <laughs> no yeah show has a really cool ability that still barely makes sense <laughs> yeah that it works yeah, we. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a stopping time, but really, he's he's slowing down time. He's not stopping it. But it was really cool to see him use it because he just pretty like I don't know if they showed the zero in the anime, just like the nu the number zero anywhere. No, they didn't show well, the number the... zero, but they did show it was like the. Uh, it almost looked like these. Uh, I don't really know how to describe. It looks kind of like almost these orange feathers yeah, that can like fall down, and then all of a sudden there's just kind of this gray, right. this kind of a darkening of the color around him, which kind of shows the field of t the time that's being slowed. And then... Yeah, so they did the feathers, but in, in the manga, more importantly, they did a zero, like repeatedly for a few panels to show that show got really close to Shinra, and then it changes to a one. And that's when he hits Shinra. 
Oh, that's cool. And it's supposed to symbolize, okay. and all of that time, one second passed, and in that one second, he quickly got to Shinra and uh, hit him in the stomach. Ah. To show that that's how fast he is. Fast and right. fast. So it was really cool. So we got to see it kind of shows um, abilities, and that was he's actually really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he pretty much, at that point, bodies everyone that's there. Yeah. And uh, then the white clads yep. try to leave, um, and they were going to take Shinner with them since he has the Adola burst. Um, but then Vulcan's workshop explodes with him riding this truck out. And he he grabs everybody pretty much. He grabs. Oh, uh, I, sh- I should mention Victor is is the one driving the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he showed up. Uh, they grab Hibana. They grab. Uh, they have you. They grab Arthur and Shinra. Um, he wanted to save Lisa, but Lisa, you know, is tormented and brainwashed uh, so she yeah her the brainwashing and so she ends up letting go from yeah, the truck ends she, up falling and about and i think giovanni ended up grabbing her or one of the white clads maybe and yeah they ended up leaving yeah and then one of my favorite parts the show is about to stop them and then all of a sudden joker shows up yep and stops show from chasing after them and I loved that because, along with Benny Mario, Joker is one of my favorite characters. Yes, I was I loved excited it. to see him. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, Joker fights Show for a little bit, but. They don't, like, fight to the death or anything. As soon as they escaped, uh, the Joker's like, alright, peace. Because he didn't have any reason to stay. He did yeah, call Show same. a monster, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. Because he disappeared and was just like, ah, oh, what a monster. So that was really neat. Because I like Joker a lot. It was, a, it was a small encounter, but it was a nice one. Yeah. He was able to hold his own. Which really makes you wonder how strong Joker really is, because we don't really know. Yeah. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that they're kind of like driving away and like Vulcan's basically like, well, might as well join him. No, so I thought that uh, they got back to the eight their headquarters first, and they're kind of like, "All right, we'll you know feed everybody that made it out, get some food in them." They went to the and hospital. He now cooked actually. it. Yeah, so they yeah they do that, and then I thought they had a meal at one point. He now cooked or something after all that was settled and taken care of. And yeah. I think it took a while, and they had to, like, w- get him to warm up to the idea of it, and then finally, eventually, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I guess helping these guys is probably, you know, better than the alternative. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, when he does join them, didn't he put, like, a skull or something on, uh, like, in between the cross that's supposed to represent the uh, Holy Soul mm-hmm. thing on their part of the station? Hey. Iris season is kind of like, oh, that's a little aggressive. That's like a skull with devil horns and fangs and shit. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really but, cool, but, you know. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It made me laugh a little. 
but it's nice that he actually joins the eighth in the end which i mean i figured he would that was kind of the whole point of the mission and he's not like a yeah. bad guy or anything he's a good guy so yeah he joins and it's nice we uh in the next chapters i assume it happens in the uh, anime as well we pretty much see like just the daily tasks that they all do yeah just some nice character interactions i like the kind of rival rivalry thing between tamaki and shinra yeah i think it's sweet but that's because i like them together but you know yeah yeah Yeah, I mean he's got Iris and he's got Hibana. He'll be he'll be fine. Is he a harem protagonist or is he a one person? I will say later on. I don't know what season this will happen, but later on there's a chapter that's pretty much we call the shipping chapter because it's just a like random scene where different people are like, yeah, I like these two people together. I could see these two being together, and it's just weird that it just randomly happens in the series, but. It was it was it was weird, but it was cool to see what the characters thought. Yeah, and I think it's probably kind of a hint to how, if it is going to happen, how it would happen, like, and pairing at least. <clears throat> so I can't wait for that because so, I would. Yeah, I want to talk to you guys about that. <laughs> see what you guys think. Anyway, back to the actual thing we should probably talk about the nether now yeah Yeah, the nether is the next part um although shinra and arthur this is when they do go to train with benimaru is right before the nether okay yeah 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 okay and yeah so yeah they both train with him um i don't remember if arthur technically learned anything specific but i remember at least for shinra i believe he this is the part where he learned how to um kind of manipulate the control of his flame with his feet and so that if he uses his hands and pinches them together in a certain way it allows him to speed up essentially so his attacks become faster uh yes it's he learns that and they both learn like to be self-aware at all times uh yeah the breath of life i think is what it is or he refers to it yeah. They both learn that, but yes, uh, Shinra learns how to, that his changing his finger uh, positions allows him to focus and create different abilities for his flames, one of which is, like, causing, like, an explosion, kind of, and then the other one is going really fast. Yeah. So he does, like, Ob- C- Commander Obi's, like, the devil horns, the rock on. Yeah, the devil horns, rock on. And that causes his flames to explode. Um, and then Benimaru uh, teaches him one where you put your thumb and index finger together. Well, your index finger goes on your thumb, and your other three fingers are up. And that's what he uses yep. to uh, go really fast. I just wanted to point the dif- point out the difference between the hands. Because they're different hand signs, so they mean different things. So whenever, that- whenever you see him do like... Is it the finger and the thumb one? Didn't it? Benimaru say that was like a uh, something like a. I can't remember like the wording he used, but like a way to it like it's an old style thing that Benimaru practices that 
Um, it's called uh, I can't remember this. the art of Genkoku and Genko, yeah, Genkoku, um, where they Genkoku, use hand signs. When you cross your the finger over the base of your thumb like that, your pointer finger with the finger, I think that I'm pretty sure that one is like the focus of your feet or whatever, and that's I thought that was really cool. It's the uh, tiger sign. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Increases the leg's power. That's what he says. So that that was a really cool power up that he got, which is going to be important for when he fights Sho, who is really fast. Yeah, yeah. I and then a funny scene happens where while Benny Mara is watching Shinra fly, do that Arthur goes to attack him and he just gets kicked in the face. Yep. I just love the funny moments like that. Okay. Plasma sword. Ah, it's not gonna work. Ah, ow. Yeah, so that's pretty much, for the most part, the end of that arc. Uh-huh. Um, although I will mention, um, Maki also gets a couple weapons. The Iron Owls. Yeah! And along with her witch hat makes her really look like a witch. Uh, so with that, with everyone getting their power-ups and training and stuff, they... Go to the nether where the white clouds are. Yeah. And the nether's like a... Excuse me. Um, basically like the underground... Or the... Excuse me. The uh, subways of like old Tokyo. Isn't it? Uh, something like that, yeah. It's an underground... Under, uh, like the uh, undercity or something like that. The old subway system they used to have and things like that. Which I thought was really cool. And like they had to get like special permission... Yeah. Like, and I thought it was funny that, like, it was used as, like, a kind of, like, a scare tactic by parents. Like, oh, you're going to go to the nether type <laughs> stuff. And then here they are, like, in front of the door, like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so funny. And the nether world arc is pretty straightforward. They, It's yeah. the eighth company. I don't think it's anyone else. Nope. And, uh, so they, so yeah, it's yeah, just it the eighth company. And they go down to the netherworld where the white, some of the white clouds are, and it's pretty much just a bunch of one v one battles. Yeah, yeah. It's just the eighth company, and I think they were given Tamaki as help. Well, also. she's pretty much in the eighth. She, right she was now, basically so. yeah, like in she, introducted. She's, yeah, she's an eighth brigade soldier right now. Yeah, so they have, yeah, it's 8th Company, Tamaki tagging along with them, and, yeah, 1v1 battles, this is essentially, okay, we've tracked down the white clads, these Knights of the Ashen Flame, and the Evangelists' men and followers to what we assume, this is basically sort of their base of operations, or the area that consists of their base of operations, the Nether. Yeah. So they kept, they line up all in uniform, then they finally go in, and they're kind of like, oh man, I wonder how long it's been since anyone's ever been in here, and they're kind of trying not to creep each other out while they're going through, and then eventually they, at one point, I think, end up getting separated, yeah. and a bunch of different groups. And uh, that's pretty much when the fights start. Uh, I pretty yeah. much have the order of the fights if you just want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do that real Yeah, I like that idea. Okay. Um, so the first one is Maki versus Flail. Dude! I love Maki! Oh my god, yes. 
bro. Excuse my language. I was but when expecting Ma that kind of reaction when I said Maki versus Flail, but all right. <laughs> Maki, okay, I will always forever say that Maki, Hibana, like their toss up. Okay, but Lady Esdeath is probably my favorite waifu of all time, but Maki is up there. One, because she can freaking just, like, I would never have to fight again in my life, brother. Like, babe, they just said something stupid to me. Oh, who? Like, brother, she bodied every single one of the. Then looked at the flail, like, what was it? Yeah, the tet, was it a Tetoku or Tetsoku? Because there's a name for those metal. Uh, something like that. Like, shaped rocket things that she, Maki uses yes. for her. Uh, uh, the, it's, it, in English, it's Iron Owls. In Japanese, it's the Tekyo. Tekyo! Uh, so yeah, the Tekyo, the Iron Owls. Yeah. Something and, that I like about Maki goes along with what Colton was saying, and that her she's a second generation, so she manipulates flames and stuff, and she uses the iron owls to manipulate those flames as kind of like extra limbs and stuff. Those like twin then, sputters, like, those flares to get in there and activate them and use them. Yeah, the uh, pusu pusu and meta meta. Yeah. So pus, pus, pus. when you see that, it's kind of like okay, she's like a mid long range fighter. And then you get up close, and it's just like... And then she no. bodied... <laughs> yeah. The to the face at full jet force. She's actually and the best at close combat, so... Beats yeah. And crap out of flail, yeah. like... It's, dude, oh, that fight was so awesome. Most of these battles, like, I was yeah. expecting, like, a uh, like a close, really good yeah. fight, but, like, immediately, yeah. Maki versus flail? No, flail's done. Like, sure, they they try to maybe make like one moment to make you go, oh no, is she gonna get hit? Oh, she's gonna be fine. She <laughs> is gonna be fine. She's and yeah, then, she's strong. And, and then uh, wasn't it? You know, uh, then I thought it was Iris and Tamaki versus yes. assault. Assault! Oh my god, assault! <laughs> Freaking <laughs> I was... uh, they hype this guy up so much to be like the killer of all the white clad, this absolutely dangerous, most badass warrior of their whole freaking assault who killed however many puppies and cats along the way and burnt down how many orphanages. And then this guy shows up, tries to use an intimidating flame technique where he basically just shoots a bunch of flame missiles. And Tamaki, didn't she, like, use her lure or something? Lucky lewd syndrome is the and, English. Yeah, ends up accidentally looting and losing some articles of clothing, which was... causes him to immediately yeah. be not expecting that in a fight. Takes him back completely, and she basically just wipes the freaking floor with this guy. So, oh my god. I like Tamaki a lot, and it was really funny when that happened. It's just that it kept happening. Oh, that I didn't God. like it. <laughs> yeah, no. If you want to do it cow. once, maybe twice, sure. But that, like, the, the first two he times lost like, okay, pretty much like, because it kept yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. That and didn't then really Iris help. comes from behind and, and just smacks him. And then season freaking two. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. I know exactly I... what you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Because it's just, like, little bits here and there. Uh, it's just, this was... Uh, it just made me sad because I want to see Tamaki like actually no, fight. Yeah, yeah. We don't even get like to see her upgrade technically until like the tail end of season two, which yeah, is ridiculous. I know. So season three is going to be great for that, but yeah, yeah I was yeah. just a little disappointed because it's just like she should be fighting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, I do like that later. She's like, yeah, I need to get stronger. I want to train and cheat yeah. guys. It's not like just a throwaway character kind of thing. 
Well, it's like she's got an actual technique. Like, she gets the ears and the tails. I'm like, okay, how cool would it be? Now, hear me out here. Probably not the most original idea I know. However, she gets a tail for, like, every time she powers up and improves in combat and training. The stronger she, so she has, gets, the more tails tail she gets. And she turns into this just, like... That you know, would make more sense if she was a fox instead of a cat. Well, yeah. yeah, it's just with I get cats, a it's two tails instead of a cat vibe, but with the, that's whole, just ja- with the whole Japanese lore, it, with cats it's two tails, but foxes okay. it's nine. That's why she okay. has two. Well, that's a bummer. Sorry, you're not gonna get the nine-tailed fox so, from Tamaki. Uh, I just I want to see her go beast mode literally and just because yeah. I know she has the offensive abilities to do that. Like they've teased it, I feel like over yeah. and over. Yeah, I want to see I just it. Want to see it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, after Tamaki and Iris versus Assault, unfortunately, we do get a really good battle, which really? is Inawa versus Arrow. Oh my god! Yeah. And at first, it was just like them shooting each other, and it looked like Arrow had the um, yeah. advantage because she was making yeah. her own flame arrows, and it was really yeah, cool. Explosive, like she controlled the was it like the tip of the explosion of the arrow, so she had just kind of like shoot and then let it explode and kind of see where it affects downrange if she ends up hitting him or not or something like that yeah and then all of a sudden Hinawa whips out a shotgun with a bunch of suitcase and barrels turns yeah it's like a cannon yeah he turns the shotgun to like a rifle cannon mix yeah that's like a set number of barrels and i'm like okay wait why does he have more well, shouldn't the one barrel just be enough? And then we see why, and I'm like, ah. We, he shoots it once, and it's just like, that's why there are multiple barrels. That makes sense. It's enough to, the power, the force alone from this man just adding this barrel to this thing and turning it into a cannon. Or, sorry, cannon. <laughs> and basically doing a one shot with this thing, the amount of damage it does, but it literally destroys the barrel, completely rips it apart in all directions once he's done with it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my god. I think okay. he had four barrels total. Yeah, I thought it was, I think like it was the one on the it was the one on the shotgun and then he had three extra ones, I think. Yeah. So I think and he had so, four. Yeah, it got to a point where I was like, Oh man, do not tell me Hinawa's gonna freaking die. They're not gonna kill off Hinawa. And then yeah, he whips out the barrels and sure enough, eventually he starts to get the upper hand and then he just boom. Just gives her one nice just thing of force. Yeah, kicks grass, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and um, I th- I liked in the middle, like no, not the middle, but the end of that fight. Um, I think it's Mirage and Jonah show up, and because yeah, they're going wait. to go kill Hinawa, but right. Hinawa and then looks also, up and realizes that there's a person the there who went lost and earlier, and knocks yep. that down, and suddenly it's Arthur. Which after and, the oh my god. Um, Hinawa and Arrow fight, it goes straight into the Arthur versus Mirage fight. Which is kind of like, yeah. you know, a rematch from earlier. Yes, yes. So, Arthur is a very interesting character every time he fights, because it's just a kid with that's basically a Chunibyo. I don't know if you know what that is, but maybe the audience does. Essentially, it's called... it often translates to 8th grade syndrome and it's just like when kids have this like idea that they're like this character they made up and they uh, act like this character 
like in elementary school when we would like act like Naruto characters uh, in recess. Uh, 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 Remember yeah. that when we were like yeah. twelve, eleven? You do I can't forget it. <laughs> we're such nerds. Uh, <laughs> but God. yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, so they like have this character that they embody and like act like, and they have powers and stuff. So he's pretty oh, much he's in a constant like... state of that. God, where he is, King Arthur. Well, like and his I forget Excalibur. I forget what he did exactly. Like I, I remember the final blow, how he won the fight, but I'm trying to remember leading up to it, like what he did to amp himself up or whatever little mini power up he gave himself to beat the guy. Oh my god! To beat Mirage. Yeah. Well, during the fight, he uses his, uh, the sense of life thing. Yeah, that's it. And it's when he decides, I am a knight, and I am a samurai, therefore I am a samurai knight. Oh my god, yes. Because his training with Benny Morrow, I guess, made him think, like, okay, these techniques are samurai-like, so now I'm a knight samurai. Yeah. And so he basically channeled his inner Asakusa and found him and then did like one slash at a pillar and I'm like why did he I swear to god if it's just a pillar I'm gonna lose it and then uh, Mirage sure enough he was behind the pillar and you just see this like huge slash mark this gouge in Mirage and I'm like oh, oh shit yeah. <laughs> because he used the um, he sensed the life of Mirage there so he yep, yep. took him down that way and I was like you know what I'm here for it can't say no to anything samurai that's um, that's my guilty yeah pleasure. jonah jonah did disappear um so uh we'll, we'll see what happened to him later um yes so after arthur defeats mirage it's pretty so pretty much we have maki defeated flail tamaki and iris defeated assault hinawa defeated arrow arthur defeated mirage and then that's when we go back to uh is it no, this is uh, uh, Lisa and Giovanni. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lisa and Giovanni. and Giovanni and Vulcan, I believe. Yes. Vulcan. Well, of course, it's Lisa, so it has to be Vulcan. Yep, yep. Got, gotta have that character beat, you know, that story beat. Yep. So, pretty much the point of this fight is... Vulcan wants Lisa back, and Giovanni is a terrible person and needs to give Lisa back. Yes. We don't like Giovanni. No, we don't like Giovanni. He's After seeing the way they animated him in certain scenes during this whole particular batch of episodes, just making my skin crawl. Yeah, Giovanni like... has this whole bug thing going on. Well, and yeah, we find out about more of that later, but just him coming off as this just extremely creepy, almost like molestery vibe from him that I did not like. I was like, okay, I don't, I really don't like this guy, uh, for many reasons now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Giovanni was written to be a dislike character on purpose, you know? It's just so, which some characters are, and I like characters that mm-hmm. are written like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example because I just had one and then it left me, a character that is uh, created I, to hate. Akainu uh, from One Piece. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Yeah. He's specifically made so you don't like him. I never liked him. I just I and didn't like him in the first place. And then events happened in that series that made me not like him even more, especially. Yeah, we don't like Akainu. He robbed me of happiness of a, proper, of a proper reunion that I thought I was gonna live to see in that particular series one day. Jokes on and you. just shit all over it, and <laughs> I am not here for it. Yeah, I lost in that arc. I lost heavily. So, yeah, the Giovanni stuff is actually quite a bit. Um, I I think it's longer than the rest of the fights too. Yeah, I think it lasted what maybe two, almost three episodes. Episodes, I want to say, because I felt like at one point I think Obi did show up with Vulcan later. I think, unless I'm remembering wrong. Um, I thought he Obi. He there's they had an episode with him where he did something. I can't remember what when he was in the Nether. I'm trying to think here. Uh, wait, no, 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 yeah, I think that was how they stopped Lisa, maybe, was kind of his whole, he's an unpowered, and he doesn't use flames at all, he just uses tools. Yes. And I think that was how they stopped Lisa, was a combination of him and Vulcan using his gadgets and his grenades, or something. Yeah. Um, and so, they, yeah, they, they stopped her, and, but then Giovanni started being... Giovanni. Uh, I thought at one point maybe Shinra showed up again or something. Because at one point somebody like directly hit him in the face right in his freaking plague mask. And yeah, it, it is, it's a uh... Akitaru? I don't know, that's what I'm reading for some reason. It just says Akitaru. I don't know why. Akitaru. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Oh, that's Obi's name. My bad. Okay. I was like, why? Why did? Why is it just saying Akitaro? Like, where's Obi? That's because that's supposed to be like. I almost. I don't think we ever really almost ever hear his actual. Right? Usually, it's just Obi. The entire series, Captain Obi, Obi, yeah, Obi, Obi. Obi is his last name, I think. So. Yeah. So. Okay. That's um, why. <laughs> so yes, it's a uh, Akitaru is. Um, I think the one that's really fighting Giovanni the most, because Vulcan was mostly focused on helping Lisa. Right, right. And, and he, attacked, was... he was fighting Giovanni too, but Akitaru, I think, was the one that was fighting Giovanni the most. Right, and so, yeah, he was kind of taking hits and trying to at least, I don't know, maybe help make a bit of a dent in Giovanni or something, and yeah, all the while they managed to finally kind of sort of temporarily depower uh, Lisa, and so now Vulcan's got her, and we're all like, yay, but then of course Giovanni's brainwashing is still, unfortunately, a part of her at this point in time. And yeah, I'm it made me sad. Yeah, it was very... And just the way they animated some of the stuff, too, was, like, extra sinister and dark. I'm like, ah, there's the, uh... that soul eatery stuff. 
soul eatery stuff. You know what I mean. That... Is that because um, the authors are the same? Uh, yeah, yeah, just maybe a little that. And there's also a tease with a certain uh, bit of animation at the end of season two of Fire Force, which isn't really much of a spoiler. It's just kind of like a them panning at the moon, and then the moon briefly kind of glitches out and turns into a different type of moon. A moon uh, that's familiar if you've seen Soul Eater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. And I saw it, and I literally, for a minute there, I lit up like a freaking Christmas tree, like, oh my god. Yeah, I saw it in the manga, and I was like, oh my god. I knew the author was the same, but I did not expect that. I, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to get emotional here, even though this is the end of the series for me until I can figure out what website you use to read manga, because I am struggling to find one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um... So yeah, after the, the whole fight with Giovanni and stuff, because it switches to uh, Shinra, yes. he's with Leet, and during that time, Shinra has like a, an Adora link, and he sees this like demon thing. Yeah, the Adora link, yeah. And then he sees his mother. Mm-hmm. And then he, then he like wake, comes back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And, oh, she's <laughs> and uh, says that his, his brother show is close. And so then Licht and Shinra go to meet show. Yes, yeah. And Licht is just there to watch, pretty much. It's just show yeah. versus Shinra. He's not there to They're, they're to watch and observe and give and offer. He's watching you know. and giving advice to Shinra, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and Have then, exposition so, for what all's going on and explanations and what have yeah. you for the it, audience it's, yeah it's for, it's pretty much just for the audience um but yeah this the fight between shinra and show is really cool oh dude dude the way they animated that whole fight oh my god and this is the beginning of when the show starts to get strange a little bit little because bit. especially with abilities because shinra moves so fast oh holy freaking cow yeah. But he moves through time. <laughs> yeah, because he finally yeah, gets to a point in the fight where it first starts out show, he's just kind of giving him a couple, like, light blows, if you will, a couple taps. And, you know, all the while Shinra's trying to just win over his brother and help him see the light and be like, remember me, I'm your bro, your biological brother. That's supposed to mean something to you. And basically a lot of that for a majority of it. And finally when they do kind of start going at it and fighting each other for real. And then, yeah, something happens. I think what happens is they both end up going to Adola, which is kind of like a realm in the anime, where it's like there's this yes. black flame around them and everything looks burnt down and desolate and ashy and white in other parts. And, yeah, he's, he saw the demon earlier, but now it's him and Sho. And he's trying to get uh, the Evangelist Grace. And for a minute there, it looks like he actually sees what we're being given at the time is the image of what we think the Evangelist looks like in the flesh. Yeah. And basically, from my understanding, was that he did eventually get some of the Evangelist's uh, Grace through that Adola link, because he's having these Adola links constantly between him and his brother. And, uh, yeah, finally it got to the point where he was finally able to use this technique that Benny Maru had taught him 
because originally I think he was going on the offensive and he was just kind of using that technique Benny taught him to fight his brother without realizing he could use that grace to do more damage or to use an even more powerful technique and so he's just trying to use his techniques, the explosive stuff, the speed stuff and he's like okay, I mean I'm trying here but it's still not fully working and all the while he's just trying to catch up and eventually be fast enough that he can actually grab his brother because of his ability to manipulate time essentially and finally he gets to the point where he uses the grace and uses his ultimate technique and goes so fast that yeah he basically turns into like a bunch of these little like blue square almost like these little mini particles and his body just shifts out of frame I would like and then to, recollects itself and goes back into I'd like to pause place. you there because before that I would I, I want to explain Sho's ability because it goes into oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. part of what Shinra's ability yeah, because they're kind of like companion pieces goes. almost so the way and it's, it's really cool as someone who used to study astronomy I really love it oh, and it yeah. excited me when I first read it but Sho pretty much uses heat he's a he's a third generation I think so he uses heat yeah. to pretty much increase the expansion of his own universe uh, yeah of his own domain essentially in reality yeah so, so space around him with the universe expanding the flow of time changes yep so so since the universe is expanding the time of flow is changing so he show is at the center of his universe yeah and the closer to the center of the universe you are the faster the speed of the expansion so pretty much to everyone else it looks like for us time has stopped but really he just his universe has expanded so fast that the time is altered for him compared to everyone else it's kind of like slowing down time but it's really manipulating time and then yeah. he cools it to go back to normal time so it's really cool and that's important because since it's since it's the expansion of his universe and only his universe that's when Shinra's ability comes into play because his ability is moving so fast that he is pretty much not affected by time yeah and that is why when he starts to do that um, and Sho tries to slow down time, he disappears because he moves so he fast, he disintegrates almost. Yeah. yeah, he pretty much goes out of existence just to pop right back in because he is outside of time. Yeah, he is literally, literally taking his entire being and then crushing it all the way down into essentially nothing and then having to like recollect his own being from scratch all over again and of course that's also the risk of it is that if he uses that ability too many times and then he's not able to fully recollect himself back together again he could die yeah it's it's wild their abilities and that's yeah, why i no. said at this point this is when abilities start getting crazy honestly like god tier stuff happening here no joke and of course obviously obviously the way the fight's set up at the religious iconography and the visual aesthetics they use for this fight in particular especially the anime it's almost like they're both fighting in a church and yeah. you know the enemy the main enemy themselves the antagonist being the evangelist 
And so I just, I really got a kick out of it. I was like, just seeing these two fight, it's almost like watching two gods try to fight. And I'm like, this is insane. I just love the fact that in a lot of shonen, it's just like, how fast is this character? Faster than light, faster than sound, things like that. Can you beat Goku, though? And then there's just Fire Force, and it's like, yeah, these are cool Uh, fire users. Oh, Shinra can move faster than time flows. Hey, Goku, you did it, buddy. It's just like, what? (laughs) For that term. It's it's just Uh, crazy. I did not expect it to go that far. Yeah, no, and I'm like, this is season one, right? There's a second season. Yeah, literally. And that did some stuff, too, that was kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. And yeah god and, th- and their fight is mostly just them using their abilities um like him uh show using his separate universe Shinra using his speed and there's really just a bunch of really cool clashes that look like they happen in instant to leaked yeah leaked or like, just well, like yeah, oh yeah he'll, he'll see show and he won't see anything and then he'll see just a pillar exploding and a bunch of dust and then I forgot, there are two white clads that are watching um, the fight as well, and they pretty much see the same thing Leek sees, just instant, then a explosion, then instant, then explosion. Yeah. And all the while this is going on, so Shinra, he now has the Evangelist's grace, but Sho, he also has the Evangelist's grace, but it yeah. seems like Sho at this point, throughout this entire series, is always, in this current setting, has always had the Evangelist's grace. For as long as he has been under their whole um, organization. Yeah. And, and so, Shinra's I still trying he to get Sho the... to remember and yeah. understand that Shinra is his brother. Because at this point, Sho doesn't believe that. But these right. memories keep popping up. Because I believe he, at this point, is his title is he is the commander yes. of the Knights of the Ashen Flame. Yes. And so, yeah, he's got his whole outfit all set up, kind of looking saintly, but also kind of like a knight from the. What era was that in history? I'm trying to remember, thinking all the way back. 1300s? Maybe 1400s? Or it might be further back. But yeah, basically looking like a knight kind of out of the Crusades, both a little bit of a religious connotation attached, and then he kind of just him and his katana and his abilities just trying to hack away at Shinra and failing to do so. Um, or at least to land a truly lethal blow. And yeah. Just Shinra and Show going at it, a bunch of blurs, a bunch of explosions all around this place going on. And then I think finally, yeah, like you said, you know, Show starts getting like little bits of memory here and there. Yeah. As they continue to fight. It's probably through and, the Adol link that they're Yeah, yeah from the Adol link. These. And um So and he sees Shinra, all of Shinra's memories and then sees people calling him a demon stuff, but then he sees him and he sees him, Shinra, and his mother all together, and then he realizes, oh, this is my brother. Yeah, and I think in the anime there was like a speech, I think at one point that Shinra was kind of giving him, where he was like, hey, buddy, you've been in the dark for a while, huh? I was like, oh, man. Too real. Too real. a sweet moment, they hug, and then all of a sudden Shinra gets stabbed. Yeah. Not because of Sho, because of Palmea, who shows up. She's the one uh, whose face is covered. Cannot stand her. Can't, I'm just going to say it right now, I just never cared for her character throughout this entire thing. Yeah, her and um, uh, Inka are characters I don't really care for. Which Inka. Inka is... Oh, is, she, is she the one with the purple hair? 
I don't know. Uh, like, I read it black like, and white. The really pink, short hair. She started out as like a thief. And yes, then, yes, 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 yes. Oh, uh, I did not care for her at all. She uh, got on my nerves. That's, so that's season two stuff, though. So. Mm-hmm. God. But yeah, anyway, Halmea, who, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she is considered one of these pillars. Yes. In the Knights of the Ash and Flames organization, pillars being, of course, people who have Adola bursts like Shinra and yes. Show. Shinra and Show. The eight pillars, I think. Yes, yeah, there will be eight of them. And so, Hamea, she's one of them, and her whole ability is weird because I think it also involves like what electricity, like, electricity. or something. Yeah, electricity. And she makes so. she kind of like uses it on Show and makes him like I don't mm-hmm. want to say forget, but kind of trances him. Like, yeah, yeah that seems like great. she. Yeah, so Show kind of gets all of a sudden right as we think we're gonna win him over. He gets Show Shinra gets stopped by her, and then Show gets essentially kidnapped by her and is then kind of like pseudo brainwashed by her essentially yeah. into this trance like state where he's basically just now just a not really talking zombie to the evangelist and their men yeah and, and then, um, gets taken away whisked away by her and the other white clads and yeah yeah luckily God. though for shinra's sake um here comes the eighth comes that lady in front of her ear. arthur shows up Along with some yep. other people. But he's the one who stops Haumea. And yeah, something I didn't expect that actually makes sense is the fact that Haumea's electricity does not work on Arthur because he uses plasma. Yeah, plasma. <laughs> and it interferes with her electric, electric signal. So that's really cool. It's kind of like a natural enemy kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's really nice. Um, but pretty much... The like Fishing Dryland. What? Like a fish in dry land. True. Um, so pretty much as long as Arthur's there, she can't really do anything. Um, but yeah, yeah, the eighth company shows up and saves Shinra, which is nice. Yep. Unfortunately, show was taken back. And I feel like we made so much progress, and then she's absent. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, and uh. And then I'm pretty sure they uh um Shinra with you know a katana through his chest. They're like, "Whoa, is the main?" I'm like, "Whoa, is the main protagonist about to die?" This isn't Jutsu Kaisen. What? And then they take him to literally. They take him to the sixth brigade, which is a hospital. And she's like. Yeah, she uses yeah, yeah. sort of special technique where she brings him into this uh, operating room examination or yeah, operating room where he's kind of just chilling there on the thing, and uh, basically they get it to where they have the sword removed and they've managed to stop the bleeding, I believe. But then they have to because he's a pyrokinetic, so there's a very certain way that she has to go about healing him. Yeah. And so she uses her ultimate technique, essentially, which uses this serpent kind of like thing, and sends it straight into his body. And, and basically, they're kind of like, all right, well, this is essentially going to determine whether your guy lives or dies. And uh, basically, kind of reignites the uh, fire in him, essentially. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he ends up living. He survives, but I guess in her time while that was happening, healing him, she ended up getting some kind of like a 
cut or a scar or something as a result from other stuff. It, it's it's funny mm-hmm. because while she's doing that, uh, Arthur looks in and then just like barges in and is like, what are you doing? And his body, Shinda's body's just on fire. On fire. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's cremated. And everyone's just like, no, he's dying. No, no, he's fine. He's fine. And then, yeah, the, uh, what's her name? She kind of, the assistant, uh, she kind of like whisks them away for a bit and then Shinra recovers Captain and gets Arthur. better than yeah, and he talks to her for a bit, and we find out that's, uh, was it like the niece of the uh, captain of Squad 4? I believe. Granddaughter. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Granddaughter of the captain of Squad 4, which is a plot point that plays on into uh, Season 2. Because I think there was a brief moment there where uh, Shinra, at some point, had a double link with somebody toward the end of Season 1. And there's kind of this flash of an image of the captain from Squad 4. Not gonna lie, looking kind of homicidal. And I was like, okay, let me guess, that's gonna be a plot point for something later on, right? Yep. And then, I yeah, eventually say homicidal. Gets a... I think it's a different kind of side. Psychologers. What's the word for uh, psychotic? There we go. Well, there's that. He, yeah, he's weird. Um, yeah. Before that, though. Before he meets the uh, Company Four's captain, he, yeah, he uh, ends up meeting up with uh, Burns. Yes, Captain Burns shows up at the hospital to meet with. Yeah, this is like the tail end of season one. Yeah, yeah, and he he wants to talk to him about uh, the fire from twelve years ago and his mother, because Captain Burns was yeah. the one who was there. Yes, and, and guess what? Shinra. Burns knows everything. Plot twist. There's always yep. a character that knows everything. And so, yeah, and they kind of duke it out, and then he's like, all right, well, if you want the answers, you'll have to fight me and, you know, basically show me your resolve. Yeah. And uh, try, try to actually, like, land, not even, like, a wound necessarily, but just kind of land a blow that at least leaves a couple of scuff marks on the guy, essentially. He wants, he wants a blow that he and, considers worthy. Yeah, and so they, they duke it out for a bit, and Shinra just gets really pissed at the guy, and so they kind of duke it out some more, yeah. and they fight. And finally, eventually, he does get that one blow in, obviously. Yes, he does. And, uh, so then they uh, have their little conversation, their chat, and so Shinra finds out, oh, that demon that you uh, that in- you encountered that basically eviscerated my home, and took my brother away it was my mother wasn't it and he was like yeah that's your mom his mother turned into a demon yeah we also find out that that was also the night that uh uh burns eye patch it caught fire again essentially his eye and we find out later on that these people who have been in some way essentially injured by a uh demon that have one of these uh they call it was it a stigma or stigmata Something like that, yeah. Something like that, and that kind of plays on into kind of the last half of, or like the latter, last portion of uh, Season 2, and I think moving onward for the series just as a whole becomes a plot point to focus on. So Conroe, Burns, uh, I'm trying to think who all else. Yeah, no, Captain of Squad 4, him as well. Um, So yeah, that's essentially when we learn 
most of what happened. And it, it's nice that we were already learning about that. It, I say already, but it's still the first season. Yeah. Um, it's nice to know that while we probably believed it, it's proof that he is not the one that did any of that. Yeah, so he is completely innocent of yeah. the fight that happened 12 years ago. He's not a demon. He's not a killer or a devil. Yeah. He's just a, a guy who had a rough break, not going to lie. Yeah. So his brother's alive. His mother, I, honestly, I still consider his mom, even though she's a demon, to be considered dead at that she point. She exists still. Yeah, she yeah. she exists, but she's lost her. I don't know, man. The way she was holding her space that one time. I think she's still there. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, we'll find maybe, out. But I, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I think she's. Still I don't there. have high hopes for her being saved. Is all I'm saying. Well, unfortunately. Who knows? We'll find out. Point. Maybe nice, but I don't know. We maybe will find out. Um, cool. Cool. So that's pretty much. After the talk with um, Burns, and then it goes back to the eighth and everything. They're going to go to Company Four, and that I believe is the beginning of season two. So I guess that's yeah. this is where we'll stop. Um, Boom! Yeah, season 2 starts with Company 4, so. Fire Force Season 1, in a nutshell. Three podcast episodes, we finally finished the Fire Force. <laughs> we almost yeah. had to make it into 4, but we did it. Yeah, thankfully. Oh my goodness. Um, so, yeah, so next week we will go back to uh, an anime news episode. So, make sure you two get your news in order. Easy peasy. Um, yeah, I guess it's my turn to decide the. Anime, and I am going to choose season one of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Oh, oh boy! Oh okay. boy! I am ready. Let's go! I it am is, waiting to dive in. It is my favorite anime, so I'm gonna make you watch it. Word. Okay. Okay. Because I'm also gonna make you watch season two after the summer's over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. Right. It's uh, 24 episodes. If you want to watch the OVAs, you can. You don't have to. It's not. It's not part of it. Or it's 25 episodes. Something like that. All right, word. That's yeah. doable. So yeah, that's the next one. Um, and like I said before, next week is the anime news. Um, can't wait to get back to that after three episodes of a review. Yeah, right. And next week I will mention the special episode we're doing for our 10th episode. Big booties. That's what I'm talking about. So thanks for listening, everyone, as always, and see ya. Love you, bye. Peace.